0: we're quiet, maybe they'll just go away and stop knocking. No, that's not right. Who says? Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So let's get into it as we continue talking about chaos, but this time we're going to be talking about everyday agents of chaos. I'll see you on the flip. agents of chaos. They are all around us. And I wanted to make sure that we continue to look at chaos because yesterday I tried to do chaos a solid and I talked about the the beautiful side of it and how to embrace it, how to use it to your um, benefit but I don't want to come off as being irresponsible to let you know some of the other sides. Because, you know, we like to be well-rounded here in this Wisdom Smack universe. And so today I'm going to be talking about the agents of chaos that are every day. They're in our lives and we, we deal with them and don't realize it. And there are sides to chaos that even though it brings um, growth and newness, It can be messy, not can be, it is. Let's just go and tell the truth. It's messy, discombobulating, scary, dangerous, and a lot of that. And so if you are probably in tune with a lot of pulp culture from um, this particular century that we're in, you might be familiar with a famous scene from Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, where it's a famous uh, dialogue where he's having a conversation, (laughs) excuse me, And he talks about being an agent of chaos. And he talks about how when everything goes uh, according to order, everything goes according to plan, even if it's carnage, even if it's harsh, nobody is upset. But let you change the plan just a little bit where they can't keep it controlled. And then everyone is upset. And he says, you know, I'm just an agent of chaos. And there was a lot of truth in that now. We don't necessarily look at our lives as these delicate balances between these opposing forces um, because they're not really opposing. I shouldn't pit them against each other. They do work in concert with each other. But I mean, what I'm wanting to say is, and please go and check uh, the other day, not yesterday, but the other day's uh, podcast where we talked about embracing chaos to get a little bit more information because if you um, listen to it until the end where I give you some practicalities of how to uh, do S-jumps, S-curve jumps jumps, and some other things to uh, use Chaos in a good way, you'll see a little bit more of what I'm talking about today, and it'll help you. Okay, so let's get into these agents of chaos. And I like to call them everyday agents because we have them in our lives, and you do yourself a disservice to not identify who they are, what role they are in your life for, and how to use them more effectively. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say is it's not necessary necessarily the goal to eject each and every one of them. Some of them, yes, (laughs) but some of them, they have a a reason and a season for being in our lives, okay? So first, I want to talk about the provocateurs. Now, the provocateurs uh, come from provocative uh, to uh, evoke something out of people that usually is tied to passion it is tied to some type of emotion field uh, projection of um, of a feeling, and they get people riled up. They are pot stirrers. You know, these are the type of people that uh, we think of when we talk about provocateurs. A lot of times, they love disruption. They love to break the trance. They. Love to do pattern interrupts. And so, a lot of provocateurs, you're going to find them in all walks of life. They will be performance artists, shock jocks. Um, they will even be co workers who, no matter what, they're going to be contrarian. <laughs> they're going to do different things. They're not going to toe the company line. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, of the ones I'm going to talk about in this quick little list which is not exhaustive i'm going to say the provocateurs are going to probably be the most mainstream of them and i list them first because of that because i'm like identify who they are and understand that they keep life lively they keep us from falling into the doldrums and the traps of order because like we said the other day when we take order to the extreme it becomes a uh It shackles us in its inefficiency and it drives us down to stagnation and being stymied in the rut, uh, um, in a rut and in the gut, um, um, in the grind of the everyday where we become less and less effective and less and less alive and lively. And eventually chaos has to come and rescue us. And so to me, the provocateurs are the nice little pepper sprinkles that you have in your life. And when you start to identify who they are, you'll probably get a, a smile and be like, hmm, OK, you know, because you'll see that little uh, that little that little uh peppery input that they put into life to shake and keep things stirred up. OK, so then we have neurotics. Yes. Now, neurotics are your drama kings and queens, and they always have something going. And I'll just say it. Neurotics. Uh, have to have a diet of drama for them to be able to function and live. If everything is going according to order for too long, well not even for too long, for any amount of time, uh, they tend to start getting lost because either that's their proclivity or that is how their formative years were made, that they can't function or feel alive unless everything is, yes, in chaos and disorder. And the thing with neurotics, people who are on the other side of that, t- that tend to love, joy, peace, quiet, order, <laughs> those people tend to be drawn to neurotics and they tend to want to help and rescue them. A lot of people who are ensconced in order Love to um, go and have a savior complex when it comes to these neurotics. I mean, we even have certain standard tropes that we ascribe to, not realizing that this is a neurotic relationship. Just the very knowledge, uh, not knowledge of, but the sayings of damsel in distress, uh, knight in shining armor. Those are two examples of a neurotic situation where one person. Is rescuing the other person now. Of course, because they were um, cultivated during a ter- time of extreme uh, paternity, we have it where the rescuer is the man and the rescuee is the woman, aka the neurotic. But it can be um, any type or mixture of people, same sex, whatever. It's still that going to be that kind of d- dynamic. And I will say this. <laughs> Dealing with, in my previous you know life um, as a counselor and having to get in the mix with people and dealing with some of their more um, sexual issues, it was funny that a lot of times you would have people that were straight laced and they were always attracted to people that they call crazy, Uh, but they would always talk about you know the the sexual exploits and how it's just so amazing, but if not for the other side of the lot li- of their life. And in this book that I um have I've mentioned many times on on here about um narcissism and I'm going to be talking about <laughs> good old narcissists in just about a minute. Uh when we talk about narcissists uh and echoists because that's what this book is um, is about revisiting uh narcissism uh, we find that a lot of therapists, and and I can attest to this, have had to deal with how people um, deal with these agents of chaos in their life who are neurotics, and they don't even realize that they are addicted to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I you know. So a lot of people are like, and I said it is revisiting. It's called rethinking. I'm sorry. It's called Rethinking Narcissism, and it is a powerful work that I highly uh, recommend to people by Dr. Craig uh, Craig Malkin, and I'll make sure that I post the link in the uh, the, uh, podcast description today. Easy read, and you'll really enjoy it. Uh, But he talks about how many therapists have talked about how we have to uh, get people unhooked from the shared insanity. And we'll talk a little bit about that more, the shared insanity that goes on between the people in this dynamic. Because like I said, if you don't understand that you're dealing with an agent of chaos and you're trying to still hang on to your order, chaos has a beautiful side to it. And um, if you don't realize what... Is going on and what the chaos is there for, you miss the boat and you just become addicted to the, the shocks and the flares of it and you never get anything out of it. And so it becomes a destructive cycle. So you kind of have to be aware. So start identifying your neurotics. And yes, a lot of times they're going to be people that you're not going to be able to get rid of out of your life. They're going to be parents, children, spouses, uh, significant others, co-workers. It, a lot of times, like I said, so if once you realize what's going on and even if you're not a rescuer and they just drain you once you can put a title on what it is you can start to see what they bring to the table and even if they're just a drama king or queen at least you can smile when they're doing what they're doing because you know that this is the way they have to live their life and at the moment because no one has to do anything but at the moment, unchecked. Um, N- with no work done, this is how they live to survive. And when you know better, you do better, and you can, you know, keep your distance, if you will. So then I want to talk about the hysterics. Now, the hysterics, uh, with the hysterics, they're a little bit different beca- uh, from neurotics because hysterics, a lot of times, are very orderly people. But when they are so ensconced in a community uh, of order, The slightest thing that is out of order or out of the norm or taboo or what is not agreed upon by everyone becomes a big deal that's blown out of proportion. And so you can have a slight that turns into a mountain of disruption where they just keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding it and becoming more and more hypercritical, hyper hysterical, um, just angry for no reason when you look from the outside and you're like, why are these people so upset about this tissue paper on the floor? You know, that kind of thing. And highly excitable. And understand that emotions are contagious. And that's another reason why we're talking about these agents of chaos, these everyday agents of chaos. Because if you're not aware, you might get infected with what's going on. And the reason why you need to be aware of these particular agents of chaos is because unlike the Joker, the Heath Leisure version of the Joker, they didn't know what they were doing. They don't know what they're doing. And thus they can't seem to get the benefit of what chaos brings. And so they stay in this eternal loop of just the first parts of chaos where it never starts working itself out to bring something new and then turn it into order. And so you want to be aware of being able to identify these people. So, so far we've talked about our provocateurs and we're like, okay, they're usually fun. Then you've got your neurotics um, and then you've got your hysterics. And now I want to talk about one that's diabolical because it's really hard to identify because a lot of times you might be this person. And you might be this person only with certain people, but not with others. And that's what makes it so hard. And so it's codependence. We also call it victimhood. And this is usually where there is a relationship, a quid pro quo relationship of a silent agreement or just known agreement where we have this relationship and we do this dance and it is intertwined in an unhealthy manner. And the reason why codependents are agents of chaos or the codependent relationship is an agent of chaos is because it's very unstable. So like the energy of chaos is unstable in that it always causes a blow up of high emotion and it it takes people out of their peaceful place and it puts them into the volatile energies of anger, fear, jealousy, um. um Regret all of those types of things that play over and over again when you have these interactions. And so, with the codependent, we could take we could we could do an entire series of podcasts about codependency. But with the codependent, at any given time, there are three different stations that they play. So, you can have the victim. The rescuer and the persecutor. So and I do know that when we were talking about the neurotics, I talk about I talked about people who like to rescue them. So ding ding ding. If you caught that, that a lot of codependent relationships involve a neurotic and a codependent person who is a rescuer to function. Oh yes. So um with this victim, rescue and persecutor in the codependent relationship, you can have one person. Uh, doing all of the three within themselves or you can have it with one-on-one or even within a group and it a lot of times can be a familial group or it can be a societal group and people play their parts so there will be a victim there will be a rescuer or a quote-unquote they 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 like to paint themselves as a defender, and then there will be a persecutor. That is going to be the critical one. Uh, you know, stop babying them, uh, bootstrap, get out, you know, uh, and, and uh, very, very harsh uh, on this. And when I when I talk about the codependent relationship, it is almost unfair because the codependent relationship has been bred into westernized culture of how we behave with people. There will be times when you'll have a parent or someone who had a formative time in your life who thinks that you owe them and that your debt to them will never be paid. That is a classic codependent relationship. Say, for instance, you have a parent who raised you and maybe been single when they raised you. You get up and you want to live your life. You want to go do your thing. And they are like, why don't you call me? It's not necessarily if they want you to take care of them financially, but they want to keep their tether to you. And it is not healthful because it is a um, relationship that always brings, you guessed it chaos, that uncontrollable chaos that has no movement forward. And so it is a bastardization of what chaos is really supposed to do. So then, lo and behold, we have the high-level narcissist. Now, remember in that book, Rethinking Narcissism, the, the wonderful thing that I like about that book by Dr. Craig Malkin is that he gives us a scale. And on one end, our echoist, And then on the other end are narcissists. And I like this because of the duality approach to it, that the narcissist is just as the high end narcissist is just as bad as the high end echoist. And to understand these relationships helps us because we all fall somewhere on this range. And there is a happy, healthy, bell curve middle where it can be a delight to be around people who are in this middle. And so, understanding these high-level narcissists and how they bring this um and I don't want to say demented energy because I don't want to vilify them. What I want to do is I want to just say that they um they warp the chaotic energy in that even with chaos, they still try to control it. And the effect is that they are having order by causing disorder in the lives of others, whether it be gas gaslighting someone or it um, be um, intimidation by doing erratic behaviors and always keeping someone on their toes where they're hypervigilant, not knowing when and where and how they'll strike next. That is another aspect of the high-level narcissist. And um, of all of these, I'm going to say that you definitely, when you're dealing with a high level narcissist, unfortunately, that's going to be one when you identify it, you gotta go. you just the, the, you just can't stay. gotta go, okay. Of the other ones, provocateurs, you know, and like I said before, they're they're neither here nor there. Neurotics, depending on how much help and healing you're trying to get, definitely. You know, you can work with them. It's same thing with, with codependence. But the hysterics, the hysterics is going to be hard as well because that's usually community based or even cult. K, excuse me, K, <laughs> C U L T, cult based, uh, group hive think with the hysterics. And so a lot of times you'll have to just move away from that because you cannot change a community if you're trying to do it on your own. Okay, so well, now that we have talked about these everyday agents of chaos and we're talking about provocateurs, neurotics, hysterics, codependents, and high-level narcissists, let's talk about some practicalities to help you on dealing with them. Okay, because, you know, we're practical around here with this here wisdom. So the first thing I want to talk about is your power to pivot. Oh, yes. So to pivot means just that. Change your course, change your direction, change up the way you deal with them. And so here is a good shortcut when you're dealing with any of them that we just listed. And that is to change your direction. And this is the one thing that I want to say. Too many times we are so busy trying to run a race, a straightforward race as fast as we can, where it gets into competition, it gets into awards and trophies and looking good in front of others. Uh, Who's the first? Who's the winner? Who's the best? All of that, that we don't realize that that is not the only direction that we can go. And so You have to be careful when you're dealing with everyday agents of chaos because if you're trying to run this race, you know, you're trying to run it fast, win it hard and all of that, you might be allowing people to get away with stuff that they shouldn't in your life because you're just so busy trying to win no matter what. And that's not necessarily what you want to do. So you want to consider changing the frequency. And when I talk about frequency, I am actually talking about energy. Uh, Think of frequency when you're thinking about uh, radio stations of, oh, when you had to tune into them and find the right wavelength in the air, the real air, the right wavelength that they were broadcasting on to tune into them to be able to get a clear signal. And just as easily as you're able to move that knob to tune into a radio station or move away from it, you can do that with these agents of uh, chaos in your life. Change your frequency. You can do that by changing your direction. And I'm going to say this, instead of trying to uh, run forward, jump upward, get on another level. Um, If they are on, on a different frequency from you and you take the initiative to get above them they're not where you are because it in order to be where you are they've got to change and they've got to be better and so when you go up if they want to be up there with you they have to change and that usually means that they have to change out of that discordant energy to be able to be on that frequency and so it's simple but it is very very um straightforward and a shortcut to being able to get that um, energy out of your life okay and so here's the next thing when we're talking about pivoting think about the inverse of what you would normally do so if you would normally engage them don't if you would normally ignore them don't mix it up in the way in which you react and you respond. And you can do this by changing the types of responses you give and the actions you you take when dealing with them. And then here's another one. I've talked about this on a, a early podcast. Uh, I think I called it um, L's and S's. If you want to go back and listen to it, but take a look at different angles that you can use. Straightforward uh, is going to usually be lines and angles and logic. Um, straight lines, thirty degrees, forty five degrees. Those lines that intersect or go straight forward. You know, one hundred and eighty is a straight line, and and all of that. And If that is not working, if logic is not working with them, and a lot of times it will not, then you can use the power of curves. And that's going to be creativity, S's, O's, soft geometry, and unorthodoxy. Doing something in an unorthodox manner so that you use the same power that they would, and that is you break the pattern. You pattern interrupt them before they can pattern interrupt you. (laughs) All right? And then here's another one. Do not accept or share in their volatility. One of the things about ages of Chaos that we deal with every day is unchecked, you start sharing in the insanity and not even realizing that, oh, when I'm around this person, I get hyper, my heart starts working, I, I keep trying to get to the understanding of the story they're trying to tell me, and I'm I find out that my I'm all upset about somebody I don't even know. And when I was a little kid, I could not, I did not like soap operas. And I to this day I still am not a soap opera person. And the reason why is because I was like, why is everybody upset about fictitious drama? Why would you want this drama in your life? And like I said, from a little kid, I just did not like it. My grandmother would even ask me to watch the stories because we got home a little earlier than she would from work. Watch the story so that you can tell me what happens on the guiding light and this one and that one that came on later in the day. And I was like, I do not want to. And so my siblings would, but I would not. And um, and my grandmother was none of these agents of chaos. She just enjoyed the shows. But it just always reminds me of this shared insanity of caring about stuff that has nothing to do with you because somebody keeps making it um, a big deal. And I actually see this in mass media and what is popular today with the gossip rags. Why are people willing to fight each other over celebrities' issues? And you're not even in their family. You don't know the full story. You're being fed a uh, forward-facing piece of information put together for the express purpose of getting a rise out of you. It just Oh, it amazes me. So don't accept or share in their volatility. And then this one. Stop the energy drain that you will normally feel when you're dealing with agents of chaos because it takes a lot of energy to deal with them or to deal with their havoc and their mayhem. Um, Do this by changing your personal contract with yourself especially when it comes, when it deals with this person or this type of person and how you engage with them. Too many times we have a personal contract to try to be nice to everyone and give them something that they don't deserve. And that giving is your presence and your time. I want you to know this, that your presence in anyone's life is a privilege and not a right. They don't own you and they don't own your time. Even if you are working in a job, when it comes to them and their antics on your person, that is outside the purview of your job responsibilities. And so you need to make sure that you clearly establish your boundaries, mark the lines of demarcation. If you got to tell them, look, you're moving into an area that has nothing to do with our work relationship. Yeah, you can do that. And if you're dealing with, because I, I find a lot of times agents of chaos get promoted faster than most people. I don't know what that is about. And if, say, for instance, you're fearing you know, losing your job or whatever, work. like my grandmother used to say, work your head out carefully when it's in the mouth of the lion by setting up something else. Because one of the things that agents, everyday agents of chaos do not like, they don't like to be ignored and they don't like to be alone. And if they know that you are not feeling what they're serving and that you are wanting to remove yourself, sometimes they will do better in their behavior uh, to keep you around. Now, I can't say it'll be long term without professional help or, or some type of guided help to change them. But they will make the effort if they want to do that. And when you go back and you change your personal contract and you know that you know what you will stand for, what you won't allow, and you are able to articulate that to people. Oh, yes, they start to change because you are now activating not only some order. Yeah, you're putting order in it, uh, but you're also activating your own chaos. Because chaos is, remember, chaos is the new. Chaos is also abundance and change. And so by doing things like this, most people say, oh, I'm I'm reestablishing order. No, you're bringing in new order, which is a higher, more productive level of chaos that we do want to embrace. And so it's very powerful that you do that. So now in the last few minutes that I have, I want to just go on and give us a recap so that you can make use of this because I'm telling you, as sure as my name is Michelle, the atmosphere is pregnant with chaotic energy. And only those who understand how to make use of it are not going to go cuckoo and not going to lose every their mind. And so this is wisdom trying to help us all. So with these everyday agents of chaos, this is not an exhaustive list, but this will help you with a majority of the angst that you go through trying to deal with people in your life and in your in your surroundings. And that's going to be be aware of them. If you categorize them and understand what's going on, it will help you. So you've got your provocateurs, your neurotics or drama kings or queens your hysterics. Those are going to be people in a close-knit community who all think the same and get hysterical about the craziest stuff, your codependent relationships, and your high-level narcissists. And so in order to practically deal with that, you're going to learn to pivot. And that means you're going to learn to change directions. Instead of trying to go forward faster, go upward, change your frequency. And then if that doesn't, well, it should always work. But if it doesn't, or if you want to try something else first, do the opposite. Choose the inverse of what you would normally do. Mix it up when you're dealing with them. And also look at trying a different angle. Instead of using logic or using order or straight lines or angles, consider using circles, S's, creativity and unorthodoxy and do not share in their volatility. Also, stop the energy drain by changing your personal contract of what you will allow and deal with when you identify these types of people. By you doing this and bringing in the new energy of new order, you activate the right kind of chaos. So guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.